1: the strong and the deadly can survive
2: this place is no place for civilized man
3: kick it in the guts barry All you've got to do now is pass the Australian Culture
0: test. Three simple questions, three I'll correct answers, and together? you go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. yards of. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, our focus on the Australian film industry. And today we've got uh, two. Uh, Things to talk about Uh, Last night I went up to Thornbury The Thornbury Picture House It's a new uh, Development by uh, One of the most, Melbourne's most Passionate independent cinema Curators, Gus Berger You might know Gus Berger from uh, His uh, He was responsible for the 2013-2014 George Revival Cinema in St Kilda Didn't quite uh fly the full course so he's uh take, attempted a new uh thing he's involved in a whole range of things like uh uh QV open air cinema uh but this time he's opened up a uh a 57 seat cinema and bar and it's uh right in the heart of the northern suburbs it's at the other end of uh high street eight o two High Street in Thornbury, the other end of uh, High Street coming away from the city and it 's uh, he 's what he 's done is transform an original nineteen nineteen art nouveau motor garage and uh, it 's actually quite fabulous i 'll have to say so there was an opening night last night, and I went down and got myself a bit of a report to uh, give you an idea of what was what's going on up there and after that hopefully we're going to have a yarn with Nana Sen who is the director of a fabulous film called The Song Keepers which is going to do its Melbourne launch on the 19th if you haven't seen it it was uh, originally uh, shown at the 2017 uh, Melbourne International Film Festival but it's getting its cinema release Now. Okay, I will start off with an important announcement. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon, on 3CR. It's a programme on film, on filmmakers, and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, Mm, but it's on the radio,
4: 3CR.
1: Hi my name's Bentley Dean, co director of the film Tanner, and you're on three C R.
0: That's right, you're on three C R, and we're gonna move on to our Thornbury Picture House report for your predilection.
4: Well, I, I think that the advancements of digital cinema that we can make it a bit easier to show um, short films and you know content that wouldn't necessarily get uh, seen by a lot of people normally. So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's opened up a lot of opportunities. uh, So,
0: because it's not just, um, independent cinema, you're actually going to be showing, uh, great mainstream films.
4: Yeah, it's a bit, I mean, Gus's idea is to do a bit of everything, you know, to do mainstream and, but, you know, open doors to classics and old films and, um, short films and, you know, locally, cult movies and, yeah, everything between.
0: Gus is doing other things, isn't he? He does um, open-air screenings and things like that. Can you tell me
4: about that? Um, So Gus also runs Blow Up Cinema, which is, they run, they they have Blow Up Cinema screens which run special cinema screenings for things like councils, parks, as well as he even does the QV Outdoor Cinema, which is in the CBD at QV Melbourne. Um, and he, he, ha- he does Stringy Bark Cinema, which is down the Mornington Peninsula every summer. So it's usually a summer cinema screening. So it's a sort of creative
0: very... um, business approach to bringing the screens to people.
4: Yes, exactly. I mean, it's probably one of the most cost-effective ways you can bring a screen and set it up quickly and pack it down quickly Blow up cinema. That's what, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And he also make, makes films.
4: He's also yes. He's an award winning filmmaker and director. Um, he's made an award winning documentary that's been to Palm Springs Festival. He's had documentary in MIF, Myth Melbourne International Film Festival. So yeah, definitely a filmmaker at heart, but also a very passionate cinema curator.
1: So, Gus, is this a a dream come true? Yeah, it is a dream come true to find my own space um, in my neighbourhood, my community. Um, You know, I live in Brunswick, but I still call this kind of my, my little neck of the woods. And I've been looking for a space to do my own thing for a long time, so yes, it does feel like a bit of a dream come true.
0: Now, it's, it's uh, Thornbury Theatre Cinema House, Picture House is at the other end of a high street from a rather well known picture house, mm. but you're a long way on the other end. No competition.
1: Are you talking about the region across the road? No, oh, it's from home. no, no, the uh, the, the Westgarth. Westgarth, yeah. Oh, right, yeah, the Westcar Um, look, you know. I guess it is a little bit of a competition, but I think we're doing things a bit differently here. We're showing um, a a, a sort of a bigger variety of films, like in terms of older films and classic films and short films and um, films that may not have got a general release. um, So they, you know, local filmmakers do well at festivals and need a place to keep the film going. So we want to be that kind of place, as well as showing, you know, the Death in Starlands and the Gurumul documentaries and um, Lady Bird and films like that as well.
0: So how many uh, screens are there?
1: Oh, we've just got one screen, 57 seats.
0: Okay, 57 seats. And uh, so you're also looking for uh, other kind of um, events to happen here?
1: Yeah, that's right. So we've we've been approached by people already. We actually did a a small community screening on Sunday, um, which we wouldn't have done had we known we weren't ready but we weren't ready enough to do that um, and that was a really cute short film that a young filmmaker had made and had his family along and his supporters and they showed the film and they had um, tea and coffee afterwards and it was great to be a place where people can have their work shown in a cinema setting
0: you could probably tie in with fan force.
1: yeah yeah we could do yeah i haven't i haven't heard from them yet but yeah if they if they can sell my seats then yes
0: yeah. Now, it's an unusual thing to open up a cinema at a time when people are saying that cinema, maybe cinemas are being taken over by Netflix and uh, Stan and things, that kind of binge.
1: Yeah. Look, I think um, there's a lot of factors that have affected film over the years, whether it's been television or colour television or even SBS, apparently took out a lot of, um, um, of the Greek theatres in this area. Uh, and I think Netflix is a, is, a, is a threat like that. But I also think that, um, you know, as, as much as the content is good on Netflix, I still think people like to get out of the house and um, go and see a film in that sort of immersive cinema environment whereby you're, you know, you're turning off your phones and you're um, into a film with your friends and you can have a drink afterwards. So I think that that experience um, is why cinema is still going.
0: Um, People seem very excited,
1: like the locals are excited. Yeah I think so, the feedback's been amazing from when we've been out here doing all the stripping paint off the walls and uh, working and we've met a lot of locals and the feedback on social media has been really good. So I think people are excited, I hope that we give them what they want.
0: Was it hard to uh, remodel what must have been a tyre and you've kept the old fittings which is lovely.
1: Yeah, we, it was. I've I've, um, I've had my eye on this building for this purpose for a long time. Um, it's still, you know, had to wait for leases to finish and people to move out and stuff. But um, I always knew that it had the potential to be what we want it to be, which is a really inviting bar at the front and a, um, a good sized cinema at the back and. Um, and part of that has always been the charm of the building, and it's a you know, beautiful old Art Nouveau building. It's almost 100 years old, and I knew that there was probably some really nice original tiling underneath all that paint. Yeah. Um, and which is which, true. Yeah, which is, which is true. So we managed to get all that paint off. It's taken about three months of weekend work to do that. Lots of family support. Yeah, that's right. They've been down here helping. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: well that was uh the uh, at 802 high street thornbury last night that was the opening of the uh the media opening for the uh, thornbury picture house uh and it's now open to the public its screen you know its screen is now uh showing uh in fact it's uh, showing the shape of water i noticed it's uh, showing a couple of other you know uh Pretty interesting films, all the ones that are worth seeing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, and obviously, it's in intimate style, fifty-seven uh, seats, and a very nice bar at the front. So uh, it's a nice uh, little place. Added uh, uh, added sort of experience for uh, people who are living over on uh, High Street, nor uh, nor thornbury or anybody who wants to travel over there it's quite quite nice um and it's the brainchild of uh gus berger who is also a very um alert uh cinema curator as opposed to uh he's got a great love of film and he obviously has a good eye for business so uh, that's an ad- added uh, viewing thing for Australia, uh, for uh, Melbourne audiences. Very nice indeed. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking to uh, uh, the director of uh, the um, film, The Songkeepers, uh, uh, Naya Sen, who is a very fascinating person. Looking at uh, her uh, her um, CV. But before we do, uh, we uh, sh- one of the things that uh, she's done is uh, f- uh, create the uh, projections and th- the things of that nature for uh, Grimmel, uh and was actually making a uh, documentary about Gormul. Uh, she's not the director of the film Gormul that's just about to come out. Uh, but uh, there was an Australian story based on the work that she did. Uh, So um, after an announcement, we might play a a piece from Dr. G. Yuenupingu before we go into our chat with uh, Nao Zen.
4: The Sydney Road Brunswick Short Film Competition is on again this April. Come and see the entries, all competing for $5,000 in prize money. In Sydney Road Open category and music videos, along with highlights from previous years. Screening at Sydney Road venues, Biff Tannen's Bar on the 24th and Barclay Square Laneway on the 19th, with the final and winners announced at the Brunswick Mechanics Institute on Friday, April 27th at 7pm. Free entry and just a $5 donation for the final night. For more info, head to sydneyroad.com.au. The Sydney Road Brunswick short film competition is a three CR supporter.
0: You're on 3CR with Annie and we're on Showreel and we're going to talk to Nina Sen. How are you, Nina?
2: I'm very good. It's it's Naina, by the
0: way. <laughs> Na- Naina. Did yeah. I say did I right, say it right? Naina? Naina. Perfect. Yeah. Great. Okay. Thanks very much for correcting me. Um, I thought I misheard what you said your name was. I was going to say Naina but then I correct, I thought I was correcting myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a, a good place. It case.
2: happens all
0: the time. I bet you it does, and it's a case in point. Now, the reason why we're having a yarn with you is because uh, you're the director of a great film that's just come out called uh, The uh, songkeepers uh, The Songkeepers is going to be having its premiere uh, theatrical release on the 19th of April here in Melbourne. That's correct. Uh, that's right, we've got to get uh, the things across to people, very important stuff. Uh, and the reason for why it's important that we dwell on the fact that I said your name incorrectly is because you're actually uh, a person who specializes in cross-cultural storytelling. And in, interestingly enough, you come from India, but you... Can't I do. Ca- yeah. Yeah. Tell tell, uh, tell us your journey into uh, specifically telling uh, stories, uh, Aboriginal stories, Australian Aboriginal stories.
2: Well, I like you said, I, I was born and I grew up in New Delhi, in India. Uh, and when I was in 2001, when I was 21, I came to Australia, to Melbourne specifically, to the film school. So I went to film school. And, uh, you know... Uh, decided to stay on and work and did a fair bit of work in Melbourne for about six years. And then in 2007, moved up to Darwin in the Northern Territory, mm. where... Um, Very interesting place. Seven years, yeah, yes, it's an extraordinary place. And, you know, I'd actually never been to Darwin. Uh, so my family back in India, you know, they knew where Melbourne was. You know, Darwin was a complete... Enigma, they were like, where are you going? Why? What, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, by then they kind of, you know, they were like, she's going to do what she's going to do, so we just have to trust her. Um, but I essentially spent about four years, actually, uh, working very, very closely with Dr. G. Unabingo and his family. Um, I did a lot of work for Skitty Fish Music, just his record level which was really an extraordinary experience. And so I did a lot of work in Northeastern Island. And I think, you know, I think moving to Darwin subconsciously was, I guess, me wanting to move closer to, you know, where I'm from. You know, I think I was looking for something closer to my own upbringing, you know. And um, in working with Aboriginal people and communities in some strange way, I have found that. I mean, I, d- I don't know that it was conscious, like I said. I think there, there was something missing, you know, uh, with me living in Melbourne and I was craving something that reminded me of home, I guess. So, you know, the I guess the connection I found was very unexpected, I guess, but also pretty amazing. it You know, it changed me working in the Northern Territory, changed my life in little ways and also very big ways. And, you know, biggest way has been the culmination of the making of this film
0: yeah yeah this this is a very interesting film i will tell you uh, i mean for people who don't realise this is about uh choirs uh central uh, australian aboriginal choirs going back to Germany with a hundred and forty ye- years of um a melding a melding of uh, the uh Arendt language and german
2: and picture
0: yeah, you explain it. I, I'm, too, I'm talking too much.
2: <laughs> well, I, essentially, the, the Song Keepers is, is essentially about the Central Australian Aboriginal Women's Choir that essentially took the hymns that were given to their ancestors by the German Lutheran missionaries 140 years ago. They took those hymns back to source to Germany, but in their own indigenous languages of Western Aranda and Pindara. So. Like you said, it's an extraordinary melding of cultures, and in in time and in doing so, these hymns are, you know, when the women took the hymns back to Germany, I think they, the hymns mean something different to them now because they are sung in language, because the choirs and you know the Central Desert has, has made that body of sacred music their own. Um, you know, the women were really going back to return these hymns to source, but. Very much on their own terms, and very much from a position of cultural cultural power and strength. Um, yeah, it's an extraordinary story, and it's an extraordinary, I guess, look at the construct of multiculturalism in some ways. You know, if you would
0: like. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I really I got really choked up actually when they uh, <laughs> uh, when they got to. I was quite surprised myself. Uh, I mean, it, it is an extraordinary story uh but uh i got uh, quite emotional in a sense when they went back to the church where the actual lutheran um uh. people who went to the uh their uh, to, to to hermansburg uh, uh. um it, they were extraordinary people uh, i mean cause, i mean you know the landscapes uh, you, you, in your film you're you're very subtle in uh uh Leading you, the viewer, to arrive at uh, variations and comparisons. And, you know, like Mm. I kept thinking about the environments that these two peoples Mm. came from. It's so different. Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think that was his thing. You know, in some ways it seems like it's actually a very obscure story. These obscure remote churches that are preserving this extraordinary canon of music that no one knows about but actually the film deals with some very very universal themes which is I think why people are reacting the way they are and why they are being overwhelmed and by emotion because it's, it's you know it's a very human story it's a very human story about relationships about cultural survival about resilience about hope about you know human relationships and friendships at its core. So, um, you know, the women kind of take you through that journey again on their own terms and, I guess, through their own eyes where you see what an extraordinary, a group of people they are and as a group of women they are. But, yeah, you look at that time, I guess, through a slightly different lens where you actually kind of go, what would it have been like for the Germans, you know? Um and I guess, again, kind of looking at those relationships, I guess, between the communities and between the ministries, that, you know, in some cases, uh, those family relationships have, have lasted generationally. So, um, yeah, I think it, it is a pretty extraordinary story and made more so by just the depth of humanity of those women
0: yeah yeah the great characters great thing to make to document just just the characters uh uh that's that's uh, uh tr- truly wonderful actually they're great characters uh but uh also um as you said it's an incredibly human story uh, th- th- their langu- their languages and their children were protected by the German missionaries from the grotesque nature assault of the mainstream Australian politic, which is kind of amazing.
2: It is pretty extraordinary, but I think, you know, the the women would very much like me to point out that, you know, those personal stories are very specific personal experiences. They do not extend, obviously, to the rest of the country. no. Because obviously the women are very, very acutely aware of how things were very different and incredibly painful in different parts of the country. So, you know, with when Marion talks about the fact that, you know, no one from Hermansburg was taken away because, you know, Pastor Albrecht did not allow it, she's talking very specifically about Hermansburg and Israel, you know. So I think, again, to me, those backstories the thing they all have in common is human relationships it's people on the ground because of their relationships with those communities and those best learned of people saying actually no this is not okay we're going to actually if we can do something about this we will do something about it and they did you know so to me it was very much about i guess the those someone like Pastor Albert feeling the way he did about the Western Iron people and feeling the way he did about that place, but also that having, you know, that, that kind of respect and admiration and love being returned. You know? So it was again very much about unlikely groups of people coming together and, and through that I guess finding something quite special that then I guess you know,
0: he in turn wanted to fight for, he wanted to stand up for, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do. It it, it was quite extraordinary. Um, I've got lots of questions to ask you, but we've come to the end of the program, Naina. Do you want to uh, quickly tell people the, you know, the important stuff, like how they can come and see this film? Because it's really worth seeing, people.
2: Thank you very much. Um, Yes, so we are having a... Uh, The film is releasing nationally theatrically on the 19th of April. Um, We are having a few uh, Q&A preview screenings with me over the weekend if you wanted to get a sneak peek of the film before everyone else does in the country. So all those Q&A listings are uh, on the Songkeepers Facebook uh, site if you wanted to have a look. But it will hit the cinemas nationally on the 19th of April. So in Melbourne, you can see it at the Nova, at the Classic, at the Cameo at Toledo, um at the Sun Theatre in Yarraville, um, in Sydney at the Dendy Newtown, in uh, the Dendy Newtown, the Dendy in Canberra, the Dendy Corporal in Brisbane, um, State New in Hobart. And um, from the 3rd of uh, May, it'll be released in Alice Springs, uh, Adelaide and Perth as well. So, again, all that information, all the cinemas and all the release dates as they were will write, be on the song, okay? Um, So, I would recommend you, mm-hmm. that a follow so you know what's happening, when it's happening. But I guess all i the other thing I'd like to say, I guess, is that, you know, a big part of why the women wanted to make this film, you know, why we went on this four year journey was because they wanted to share. You know their I guess their unabashed joy and strength and music, but also this identity that they are so very proud of um with you know with the rest of the country so i I'm really hoping that you know through the release of the film um we can share um their extraordinary story with as many people as possible so um We'll have to do. leave it there, I'm afraid.
0: We've, we've yeah. come right up to the edge <laughs> of the, the program. Thank you very much for talking to me, Mona, and good luck. Eh? Thank
2: you for having me. Thank you very much.
0: My pleasure. Bye-bye.